Hi, I'm Dave Plisky, and welcome back to For You and For Me, a new way to listen to Monsignor Karen Harrington's homilies. This past Sunday was the 12th Sunday in Ordinary Time. In the first reading, Jeremiah praises the Lord for protecting him against enemies and prefigures Jesus' sacrifice. In the second reading from Romans, Paul talks about that sacrifice and its relationship to original sin. And finally, Matthew relates to us Jesus' teachings on martyrdom. Monsignor only gave the Spanish Mass this Sunday, so he's back in the studio to talk to me face-to-face. How are you doing, Monsignor? I'm great. Thanks, Dave. It's good to have you here. It's my pleasure. Would you care to uh, enlighten us once more? Well, you know, uh, to me, I guess my starting point, the reflection uh, this Sunday, was a a comment that an old priest friend of mine used to make to me, which was, uh, Kieran, our secrets are our sins. Uh, I think about that in light of the readings, right? Our secrets are our sins. I think about... uh, that the things that we want to keep hidden are generally the things that we need to confess. Uh, this past uh, week, if, if the New York Times had an edit- op-ed piece, and it was called The Pornography of Twitter. Uh, and if you think about that, uh, that article kind of spoke about how Twitter has allowed people to kind of explore all sorts of things that they never would have uh, ever explored in the past. And in fact, what it, it points out that the Internet does is, is it allows people to kind of pursue interests that they may never have pursued before. Right. In fact, it's kind of uh, this seems to be borne out also by all sorts of studies which speak about what are the large growth industries on the Internet as pornography mm-hmm. right. always has been. And yet the number of people who who admit to using pornography is very small. So here's the challenge. Our secrets are our sins. Why is it that the internet, the supposed anonymity of the internet is important for people to kind of pursue, gives people permission to kind of pursue uh, pursue more deviant interests? Why is it that we try to kind of cover up uh, our sins? What's, what's, what's at work here? And I think to myself, Dave, that uh, I think about when I was a little boy, I remember getting a bad grade and having to come home. And I spent a lot of time figuring out how I was going to prevent my parents from knowing that I got this bad grade. Mm. You know, was I going to sign their name to the paper? Was I going to try to forge their... What was I going to do to prevent them from finding out? Now, why was I trying to prevent them from seeing my bad grade? Because I was scared. I was scared of their reaction. And the truth of the matter is that I think my parents were going to throw me out of the house. And No, I think I was scared that they were going to withdraw their love from me. Mm-hmm. This was that, that that was the fundamental fear. And I think that this is the fear that many people operate under. And so that's why what uh, we hear uh, in the second reading is so meaningful, right? Because we don't have anything to fear about. Jesus is the one who has taken his sins upon himself. He took, he took our sins upon himself, rather, and he nails them to a cross. Uh, and therefore, he nails not only our sin, but he nails the consequence of our sin to the cross. So what then should that mean? That means that we should fear not, you know, that we recognize our situation as as people who are fallen. Uh, but we recognize our need of companionship with Christ, recognize that he's the one who is walking with us in our brokenness, in our fallen uh, in our fallen situation. And he is the one who's going to overcome all of those assaults. I think this then it was also what Jeremiah was speaking about. Right. Jeremiah, the persecutors, the ones who are surrounding me. You can get a sense of this. I mean, look at that as a metaphor for all the certain ways in which we feel that we are maybe not living up to our calling as Christians. The answer is is not to present the false front that is so easy to do today on Facebook, but is to be in touch with the reality of who I am, which is a sinner, uh, and recognize that 
even though I am a sinner, I am redeemed. I'm redeemed because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And in that, I give glory. Uh, when I am able to see the work that God has done in my life. It's that that I give glory. One of the great songs, the great classic hymn for Americans is Amazing Grace. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you think about Amazing Grace was written by a slave trader, why was he able to write that hymn? Because he had experienced uh, the profound sin of enslaving other individuals, other human beings, and, and the evil that that was involved with. And still he recognized that God's uh, mercy was not being uh, withdrawn from him. So the challenge today is, is that we live in a world which is basically a world which, uh, which permits everything to take place, but doesn't accept that forgiveness uh, is central and critical uh, to your happiness and to mine. And the reason for that is because we're so afraid. Mm. We're afraid to seek forgiveness. Um, I wanted to, you know, let's talk about being afraid for a second. Um, you and I were both at the Catholic Press Association's Catholic Media Conference last week in Quebec City, which mm -hmm. was beautiful and uh, a nice conference. And they had Martin Scorsese there to do a Q&A after they showed the film uh, Silence that he just released at the end of last year. And that was my first screening of it. And um, I don't think it's any secret, it's no spoiler, to say that it, it dwells a lot on martyrdom. And you, and you, mm -hmm. and you see uh, these, these priests who are you know, missionaries in Japan uh, be put to death for their faith. And... That obviously takes a lot of courage. There's a lot of there's a lot going through their minds, and what I what I wonder, you know, it and 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 we see Jesus asking us um, in in the gospel reading today to 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 have to have to be to be fearless in the in the face of of kind of uh, that opposition, right? Um, I guess where I'm going with this is I wonder if you can talk a little bit about about what it's what it's like to 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 have this opposition that we have i mean obviously you know i don't think listeners are are at risk of being put to death for their faith right and i mm -hmm. think that i think the idea that the, the idea jesus was trying to put forth is is no matter what you, you need to be result like resolute in your in your belief right um but i but i i, I can't help but wonder um if if those who are really put to death for their faith could could have done more so okay the the film right it deals with it deals with a guy at some point the main characters meet a priest who has denounced his faith in order to continue living right mm -hmm. in japan and well we we don't know why he the priest denounce renounces his faith right, right. the question is is and the central issue in that film is 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 the renunciation of Christ in fact a noble act uh, because the renunciation of Christ in the film leads to the fact that the the Japanese Christians are not going to be tortured and martyred right and right. And so the question, because, of course, there's that great sequence in the film where Jesus is speaking to the Jesuit and saying, step on me. Right. Uh, right. And that he there, the question is, 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 was that the act of courage? Right. That, that, that's where I wanted to get to is, is, is it and, and potentially being alive still, it's possible for them to continue to meet in secret and have and, and be able to have mass and and maybe keep restoring the faith of, of the of, you know, the followers that the, of, that he is amassed there. So I. I so I, I guess what I'm saying is, is it always, is martyred, I mean, is martyrdom really always the answer? That's, that's kind of what the question, that's kind of what the, the, well, the Jesus, film asks. Well, Jesus says to you and to me, 
uh, that we are called to lay down our life. Mm -hmm. uh, we are called to lay down the life not the way in which we choose, but in the which in the way in which it unfolds in our in in our circumstances. I find it very hard. I mean, that movie Endo's movie kind of paints this picture of a of a priest in conflict. But the question I would have asked. Uh, the priest is as well, what by stepping on the image of Christ, what have you now said to uh, these Christians about suffering? And, and the fact is, is it wasn't simply about him becoming a saint. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, his the question was, was, am I becoming a saint while they're being martyred? So therefore, if I can deny Christ, they won't suffer anymore. The challenge is they were becoming saints, mm. that becoming a saint involves suffering. This is because there is a uh, certain kenosis that is taking place. And by that it is, is that we're a body and a soul and uh, our body and soul are sometimes uh, the body limits that which is unlimited. Uh, and so there is an element of suffering that's a part of it. The question is, is that everyone suffers in life, but how we suffer is what makes us Christian. And, and I would propose to you that uh, what the movie uh, demonstrated was, uh, was a not a Christian way mm. in which uh, we would resolve suffering. So, in other words, I come down and say the priest was wrong. He should not have denied Christ. Mm. Uh, that by denying Christ, he robbed the people, actually, of this uh, opportunity uh, to offer themselves completely to God the Father. Even if they were dying, dying for their faith. We have not here a lasting city. It's not mm -hmm. this world, which mm -hmm. is the most significant world. It's the life which is to come. I mean, this is what Jesus does, right? right. Jesus pours himself out for you and for me. Right. The fact is, is that not only does he not pour so himself out. that we may out, live here, but that we may live on in the next Forever in, with him in heaven. Right. That's right. right. So the question is, is that uh, to me is the question of courage. Look, the fact is, is that what is the martyrdom that most people will face today? Most people face a different type of martyrdom. Uh, it's not the martyrdom of losing your life, but it's the possibility of losing your job. Your friends. Your friends, mm -hmm. uh, your influence. Uh, you know, if you're a politician and you uh, are pro-life, do you take a chance on losing your seat mm -hmm. uh, because you support the right to life? Mm -hmm. uh, if you are a politician uh, and you support the rights of immigrants, mm -hmm and the dignity of immigrants, do you risk the ire of your constituents right. uh, and lose your seat? So the question is, is how is it that I can live with integrity mm -hmm. uh, in a world which doesn't seem to have a whole lot of integrity today? Right. This is then the challenge for Christians. And uh, my view would be, again, I think the, I think the number one uh, problem we face is we seek to live in the shadows. And Christ calls us not to live in the shadows, but to live in the light. You know, if you noticed after the resurrection, Jesus always comes and the doors are locked. I always think that this is a metaphor, right? That the disciples were trying to protect themselves. They were concerned about fear. But mm. Jesus always was able to come right through the door. Mm. And the first thing he says to them always is, peace be with you. So the challenge is, is, is we live, uh, if we can live as disciples of Christ, we're not fearful of what could be done to us, whether we could lose everything we have, our family, our loved ones, our job. We're not fearful of that because what we know is, is that we're, if we are committed to walking with Christ, we'll rise with him on the last day. We may suffer with him on the cross, but we know ultimately we will rise with him on the last day. Thank you very much. 
If you're in Brooklyn, come meet Monsignor in person at the Co-Cathedral of St. Joseph at 9 a.m. or 12 noon on Sundays. On Twitter, you can tweet at MonsignorH and with the hashtag FYAFM, or you can email me comments or questions at podcast at thesalesmedia.org, and I may be able to address them the next time we do a face-to-face episode. For You and For Me is brought to you by DeSales Media Group. Please subscribe in iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. For Monsignor Karen Harrington, I'm Dave Plisky, and these are his words to live by, For You and For Me.